Hi everyone, my name's Steve Tudor and welcome to The Friday Show. It's a show that used to stand at bus stops, waiting to go to college and daydream about City playing United in an FA Cup final. It seemed fanciful, far-fetched even, but now that day is here. To make me make sense of a fixture and occasion that felt frankly ridiculous 25 years ago, and to hopefully ease my nerves a little, I'm delighted to be joined today by Chris and George. Hi Chris, you there? You well? I am. Good morning, Steve. Good morning, good morning, George. I'm good. Yeah, how are you, mate? Good. I'm very good. Yeah, I'm, um, I said there in the intro about easing my nerves. I, I'm not nervous, actually. I'm excited. Um, but we'll come to that very shortly about how we're all feeling about the big day. Um, George, are you there? Are you well? I am. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning, I'm mate. very well. How are you doing? I'm very well. Yes. Yeah, it's... Um, Weather's a bit ropey today, and I was led to believe that Wembley is going to be a scorcher tomorrow, so let's hope so. But um, what's it like where you are, Chris, weather-wise? Uh, so in Manchester, it's uh, it's slightly overcast, but it's about 11 or 12 degrees. It's probably going to warm up, so I'm going to go for a run after done this pod, so I'll I'll... I'll I'll drop you a message after to see how warm it is, but yes. I think it's yeah, it's it's nicely warming up. I think. Good, George. Where where are you based right now? Yeah, same as Chris. Uh, I'm in South Manchester at the moment, so right. yes, overcast and uh, eleven twelve. We're hoping it warms up uh, yeah. later on. I mean, I'm I'm right in saying that, aren't I? Someone mentioned on Twitter that it's supposed to be really hot at Wembley um, tomorrow, so let's hope so. You can't beat an FA Cup final under the sunshine. It's that's it's nothing tops that. Um, Let's get straight into it then. It had to happen at some point. City v United in a major final. Um, now that it's on our doorstep, um, George, I'll come to you first. How do you feel about it? Are you nervous, excited? How's your emotions right now? It's It's been a strange build-up, hasn't it? Because so much else has been going on. Mm. We we had the semi-finals in, in April and we've had you know the Champions League and getting to Istanbul and some of the league matches as well in the meantime that's kind of almost crept up on me it feels like because I've been trying to sort out getting Istanbul tickets all that kind of stuff so yeah. now that's all sorted it's kind of oh god there's there's a derby FA Cup <laughs> this weekend yeah. and it, even though it's been in the diary for a while it feels like it's come out of nowhere so i am starting to feel the nerves as we do get closer um, just the the potential outcome, just the either the the potential glory or despair that's on offer is probably one that we've not had in a derby since well the twenty twelve I guess is the one that comes to mind for me in the in the league. But obviously that was different circumstances. But yeah, that mm. I don't think there's been a bigger one since since that really. Yeah. You know what? I, I can't think of a big one that since twenty twelve. Um, Chris, how how are you feeling? It's it's funny because there's so much gravity. It seems attached to this fixture that I almost can't process it. Um, and and I think I think it's it's to do with the fact. See, for me, the game tomorrow is not about winning the FA Cup in terms of that iconic trophy. My my feelings towards that trophy dissipated quite a while ago really mm. um but i think i i, I think it's because of what's at stake in terms of the bigger picture of, of a second step towards a treble um about uh, preventing united from preventing us to continue that journey it's about beating united um so when i when i compile all those all those elements it's almost becomes um 
it's it, it, it's not sustainable for me to really think about how important the game is. However, that aside, I am feeling confident about it mm. because I've because I've got evidence to prove that confidence really over the last three or four months of football. But I think it's. Um, yeah, it's it's one of those things. Aiton and Howard touched on it yesterday in, in the pod that, that, that they did about what actual significance does it have if we lose? Obviously, it does have a massive impact, but it probably will be fleeting because we know there's always going to be next season as well. And next uh, week but, as well. <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. But but let there be let there be no doubt that I I really really want to win this FA Cup final, not just to win the FA Cup final but because of all those other elements which are contributing to its significance. Well, when you think, I mean, we'll try and think about this as little as possible, but when you think of the possibility of losing, George, with that in mind, would you have rather we face Brighton this Saturday? Some parts of me would, you know, it, it would remove a layer of emotion that, mm. you know, everybody is going to take into this. And it would be, it would be more about, the like Chris said was meant kind of alluded to it'd be more about the actual cup winning the FA Cup rather than this sense of occasion because every United fan that I've spoke to about it not a single one of them has mentioned that they want to win a cup it's about stopping us and having that over us and then being the only English team to have won the treble so if we were playing Brighton even if we'd have lost you know there would it would have been disappointing not to get the treble but we wouldn't have had you know something some the devil on our shoulder as it were um telling us every week about how they stopped us doing the treble so for that reason it would have been nice to play brighton but i think for the potential glory and if you know if we were to win and beat them to do it then there's nobody else you'd rather beat is there so mm. for the sense of occasion and spectacle i think it's it's quite fitting that it is united I've I've got to say I've I've like I said it's in the intro I've daydreamed about this for a long time I've just wanted this for so long and now that it's here I am just erring on the <clears throat> looking at how it would be if we if we lost um, yeah I'm glad you said that Chris cause, uh, sorry George because it's going to feel amazing if we win absolutely incredible and and there'll be no better opponent in that regard. Let's look at the lineup predictions then. Um, De Bruyne, Akanji, Grealish, they all train this week. It looks like we have a fully available squad. Um, Chris, there can't be any left field kind of selections here, surely. There can't be any resting up with Champions League final in mind. The fact that all the the kind of um, mixing and matching has been done to this point suggests that Pep is going to go super strong tomorrow and next week, of course. So with that in mind, well, firstly, would you agree with that? And with that in mind, what kind of lineup should we expect? I, I, I do agree that, that that I think Pep's tinkering of lineups may be something which he put to bed last season, possibly, mm. and and he, he takes a, a different approach. I, I think we have to give credit to City's medical team. I mean, that's remarkable to get to the end of a season when we've played so many fixtures and we've got pretty much a full fit squad. Is, is it, That isn't just about luck. There's some luck involved. That, 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 yeah. That's about a methodical approach to recovery uh, for, for the squad. So I, th- I think that's incredible. And I, I think 
I don't think we'll see this necessarily the same lineup as we'll see next on the tenth against Inter Milan. What I'm hoping that against Inter we we, we see the lineup that beat Madrid because um, I think that's our strongest European lineup. Yeah, but I think we'll see something very similar with a few tweaks. I think he will honor his commitment to Ortega to give him. Uh, he's our domestic cup goalkeeper, and and I think he will honor that. Uh, he's got previous for that, so I think Ortega will play. Um, I think that that who who he's cons- who he's considering out of Ake and Akanje f- for the in- for the inter game that whoever is he's, he's got figured for the inter game will then play uh, tomorrow and I, but I do think it's possible that instead of cuz I think Grealish and Bernardo will 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 be the side of Haaland against Inter so I think it's possible that he might play Mares and uh, Foden instead um, but I think the rest of the team picks itself with 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 Walker, Diaz, Stones, and Rodri, Bernardo, and Gundo. Um, so I, I I predict maybe three changes that would be different to the game that we're playing the Champions League final. George, is there anything you disagree with there? Anything um, you agree with? Yeah, I agree. I agree with a lot of what Chris said. Then um, mm. I think he will honor Ortega's performances. Um, in the is, is that right? And do you think, George, to do that? I think I think it is in the case that I think he Ortega's proved himself to Pep and to the fans. I think now yeah. when he plays, nobody's nervous. Whereas I know Stefan was was a you know solid shot stopper, but when he played and especially when the ball's at his feet, everybody was still a little nervous, and that you know proved to be his downfall in the um, FA Cup semi final against Liverpool last season. Um, but I think Ortega's earned that right. He's played the whole competition. He's played, obviously, a few league games, a few Champions Leagues. I think he's more than ready for the occasion. So I think he he will get the nod. And then, yeah, the Ake slash Akanji is the decision I, I don't think I'll be able to call because um, Ake's obviously had this knock. Um, but then he's you think he played against Brentford so he'd come back into the side. But obviously, Pep loves Akanji, so he... Is probably going to start, and then in the in the forward line, I think I think Grealish will play in the FA Cup final, and um, obviously Haaland through the middle. Then I think it's just a case of who's going to play on the right, whether that be Mares, uh, Bernardo, or maybe even Phil. Um, those are the those are the the, the two positions where I'm, I just can't call at the moment. I I can't see Bernardo not playing only because his record in this game is so good. He always kind of brings it. He always brings a supporter mentality, doesn't he, to the game? Um, I mean, I may be wrong, but I'm anticipating Bernardo to start. But where I I don't know. And uh, I think most likely on the right with Morez not starting. But that's that's the only thing I, I kind of all of what you say, both of you are completely on board with. But I do fancy Bernardo to start. Um, one thing I find fascinating about this game is that basically you are transferring a derby game into a cup final, and both games have their own pedigree. They both have their own trends, if you like. Um, patterns emerge from both, and and they are so contradictory. So just to give you some examples, 21 of the last 30 FA Cup finals have been 1-0, to nil, whereas in Manchester derbies, it's pretty average, pretty much the norm, the, the percentage is one to nil and not so. In fact, quite often, even in one-sided games, there'll be a consolation. Um, 6-1. <laughs> um, <laughs> 19 of the last 30 goals scored in cup finals were scored in the second half, and yet consistently in, in, in recent derbies, we've seen early goals 
Um, four of the last five derbies, we've seen a goal scored inside 10 minutes. Um, here's the most interesting one, and one to bring me to my question, which is that the last 25 FA Cup finals have produced 2.2 goals per game. Obviously, for FA Cup finals, you're not going to see 4-3 games and, you know, all the rest of it, thrillers, if you like. But the last 25 derbies have produced 2.8 goals per game. Where Where's the balance lie between that, Chris? It will 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 it be the fact that it's a cup final? Will that determine how the game is played? Or will a derby element be there? By which I mean, you know, will it be a touch more frenetic than an ordinary cup final? Oh, it's so tough, you know, because I always resist buying into this, the sort of romance between a particular fixture mm. and then a standard domestic fixture. I guess... I think I think I think I think we're right. I think I actually think that the I think there's more pressure on United than there is on City. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and 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 it's and 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 as as Judge was saying, it's you know a lot of United fans. It's it's about stopping City rather than winning the the, the FA Cup. Um, United have already got a, a, a trophy this season, so so obviously they'd like another one, but it is about stopping City. Um, and 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 I guess I I, I guess I might offer the the, the 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 converse really in in the sense that whilst you know we can say it's an FA Cup final and finals anything can happen, I'm I, I'm more persuaded to err on the side of look at what's happened in the last three months mm. and compare the two teams. So basically, you've you've got the first play first in the in the league playing fourth in the league, and I think there's about a fourteen point gap or maybe more. I'm not sure. Um, and aside from the draw to Brighton and the loss to Brentford, where we played basically our, our second string team, uh, we've been imperious. Nobody has. It can uh, has been able to beat us, and we've destroyed m- many sides. And I, I just see within after the first ten minutes where there might be some erratic pattern of play if United push very hard, that it will it will settle into a pattern. Um, and 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 in that instance, I don't see how City can't progress and win the game. J- just going through those lineups. That we talked about, you know, with two or three possible variations. Where's the weakness in that first eleven, really? Mm. Even with our goalkeeper, because I think Ortega's an outstanding keeper, um, and and I think I think he's he you know he's performed superbly through this this run to the FA Cup final. So, you know, we 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 can we can subscribe to, to the idea that there might be some unpredictable elements because it's an FA Cup final, everything that, that's a state. But I also think for the very thing that City gets criticised for so much, this machine-like academic approach, which apparently makes us quote boring. I think that's what will that's what we will see is we will see City dominating the game, and 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 the only way that United can actually beat us is if they mug us in, in early on, or we lose concentration in the last in the last fifteen twenty minutes. So I'm not being too down on the FA Cup, but I, I just don't see it going any other way than if it was a, a, another another fixture, bit like in the league. If if we played United in the league right now, home or away, we would win it. Mm. And I think the same will 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 play out on t- 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 tomorrow afternoon. That's a fair show. Um, what about you, George? Are you expecting a tight, kind of tense game 
Um, or do you buy into what Chris said there, where essentially it'll be City playing to their blueprints as always? I think City will be playing to their blueprint as always, but what we will have to contest with is a, a fairly emotional United side, I think. Mm. Um, the likes of Casemiro, Bruno, um, they've got a lot of characters who will be very up for it and do like to, you know, get overly emotional on the pitch. And I think that will then egg on a few of the City players maybe and cause a bit of animosity. And I think it will get pretty sketchy early on because if we start to dominate the ball, I think they'll be coming in hard in the tackles and all that kind of stuff. They won't want it to be comfortable for us in any way. So if they can't make us uncomfortable with them in possession, they'll be doing all the kinds of gamesmanship they can. So I think it will get tense early on and... The Wembley pitches are so big and I think that if it's if it does go to say extra time or something, people do tire on that pitch quicker. Yeah. And therefore I think what we have to do to contain the game and stop it getting so tense is is to get the early goal and make them come on to us because if it stays a draw for ages, people tire and then their their threat on the break will Yes. I think increase because yeah. Rashford, Bruno, all them lot, I think they that's where they're strongest because if they try and compete with us in the possession stuff, I don't think they can match us in any way. But on the break with those two, I think they do have a danger point. So it's just trying to minimise that throughout the game. Well, yeah, they've scored 10 goals in the league uh, on the count of this season. And the next team after that, uh, is, on, is on seven, so they are the best team in the league in terms of counter-attacking, or certainly they deploy it more than most. Um, and they do have danger men, as you say there, George. So, Chris, who for you would you say is the, the one to, to be most concerned about? Who, who's their biggest danger man? Um, well, I mean, it's usual suspects, really. I think, I think Rashford is always dangerous, and I think... Fernandez is always dangerous. Sancho remains an, an enigma yeah. t- to me, really. And 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 I think if if he was half as good as he thinks he is, he'd be a ball- he'd be a Ballon d'Or winner. Um, I think I think Casemiro is is a really dangerous player if he's allowed the rhythm. Um, if he's allowed if he's allowed to get possession uh, of the ball. Um, but but I but but I, yeah I would say I mean we're talking about the counter attack because I think that would that would be the only possible route that United will have because we will keep we will have that the we will dominate possession so it's about being very careful with the ball and and as George was saying the size of the pitch at Wembley is 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 that 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 is asking for a counter attack if you are sloppy. Um, in possession, so that for me is where the real danger lies. Is is they do have players who are well versed in counter attack, um, and so I think I think that will be a big part of the focus of of um, of City's approach. Will be about keeping possession as it's been all the way through. Um, mm. And and I, I, and and just and, and just to, just to wind back a little bit as well. That's why even more now I'm convincing myself that that um that that if you look at City's approach in the key games this season, while whilst we knew City were playing Real Madrid in the second leg of the semi-final, it's almost as if the players didn't see it that way. 
and they just thought they were playing a game that they had to beat the opposition to progress to the final. So it's almost like they didn't play the occasion. They just played what was in front of them and they did that um, expertly. And I kind of see the same narrative this way. I kind of see that the players will say, will, won't say, God, we're playing United. We're playing, we're playing a, 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 in, a, in a derby. They will see it as we are playing to win the second of potentially three trophies. So there'll be a clinical um, approach to it. Um, and, and I may be wrong, but I just don't see this team of players any longer being sucked in to, to that narrative. They proved otherwise throughout the second half uh, of the season. But to go back to your question, I, I do feel that their real danger lies with Rashford and Fernandes on the break. But then they ha we have to give them the ball for them to be able to to to. to capitalise on that um, and, and I think that's less likely than it may have been this time last season. I've got to say Chris I, I, I completely agree with you and 75% of me wants to see that transpire tomorrow but there is a part of me that wants to see City players just kind of lose that clinical side just for this one game just really no. get them. For I what know, purpose? I, for, because, for what purpose? Because it's United and we've got the potential to thrash them 6-1 again. You know, to yeah, really go at them with a bit of anger and fire in our bellies. I, I just but, wanna... but, okay, and if we do that, we risk injuries. Yeah, we risk, I, yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah. We, we risk getting sent off. I remember, if I take you back to 2011, the semi-final against United, right? Th that is, for me, one of the most significant games or in many ways more significant than all the big games that, that, that we've seen since then. Because when we went into that, that fixture, the semi-final at Wembley, we went into it very differently because it wasn't, whilst it was a derby and whilst it was playing United in, in a semi-final, who at that time were a better team than we were, our, I thought City's approach wasn't about, we must beat United. City's approach was, you need to get out of our way because we're going to win a cup for the first time in decades. And and we navigated that process and we played it almost like it wasn't a derby. We played it like we have to get rid of this opposition and you're not going to stop us anymore. And I feel the same thing applies now. I don't want a feisty derby. I want us to win. And if that's 1-0 and it's a dull game, I'll take it because... Yeah. The whole media narrative, and it's not just sports now, it's, uh, it's the wider narrative. There was a Guardian Daily podcast this morning literally talking about uh, is City's dominance unfair? So when you've got basically the comment element of, 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 of a broadsheet talking about it, you know that narrative has been composed. Um, so we have nothing to lose other, other than to dominate and beat this team. So, so I understand what you're looking for, hmm. but I don't want that. I, I don't want, I don't want Rodri getting sucked into, to, to a tete-a-tete -tete with Fernandez or Sancho or, or Rashford. I want him to look over their heads and pass forward. That's all I'm interested in is winning this game. And what I, what I really want is for to lose the plot at the end of the game, kind of grab Bernardo by the scruff of the neck and Bernardo to just look at the camera and go, huh? You know, I want, <laughs> I want that Balotelli moment. That's what I want. But, um, George, would any United player get into this City lineup? Oof, oof. It's a tough one. I, I have to say, I think in the system we're playing now, maybe, yeah. maybe Luke Shaw is as one player i know he has some a lot of critics from some people but i think on his day he is a very very good defender and he's very comfortable on the ball and he can do the roles 
Um, he could do a role for Pep both, you know, coming into midfield, sitting on the wall, think, and also as a traditional fullback and also the left of a three. So I think, I don't want to say he'd get in the 11, but I think he, he'd have a, he'd have a shout. Yeah. And then I suppose the other one, if anyone would be, if you're going off this season's form, there'd be a shout for Rashford, but then who do you drop on the, on the wings? Mm. Um, but, I think for me, probably the only one I would veer to is Luke Shaw at the moment. Because apart from that, I think for the, you know, it's great to it's great to say, but yeah, City have better players than Manchester United. Yeah. It's just a it's just a fact, and there's not many of them now who I think God I, I would love them in our team. And I used to you know secretly think that even though I hated them as, mm. as a kid growing up. You just watch the odd one, the people they'd sign, you go, oh man, I'd love it if we had them in our team. But it's just something that never crosses my mind anymore. <laughs> well, it sounds like we're trolling, but we're not. It's it's genuinely, I would could only make an argument for Luke Shaw and I couldn't for any of the others. I mean, some, there's, some of the others are fabulous players. I'm not denying that for a second, but I can't see them getting into our, our team. And that, that's crazy. I mean, it's unimaginable years ago. Um Okay, let's look at it from a slightly different slant then. Um, I want kind of each of you on this, but it maybe if, if you could pick one each, that'd be great. Chris, a key battle, a key individual battle for you that might well decide it. Um, yeah. Um, I so I think um, so. One of our most important players um, is is Rodri. Obviously, Harlan gets all the plaudits. Um, but Harlan can afford to have an average game, and and not and it doesn't it doesn't necessarily impact yeah. the, the outcome. Rodri can't have an average game in any game he plays, and and that's why I mean it, I, I I I know it's it's sort of it's talked about how special he is as a player, but the pressure he's under every single game. He if he loses the ball, he he is that key cog in the machine. With one cog. Is dysfunctional. The whole thing can collapse, and that's Rodri. If he if if he's not working properly, the whole thing collapses because he is that pendulum that swings left to right across the field, and he, he is that connecting. So, so I, I anticipate him having a nice little one on one with Fernandez, um, because uh, more than Casemiro, because I just think Fernandez it, it will move further up the pitch. Uh, that that is one battle that I am looking forward to because at the minute. Um, I can't think of anybody who could dominate Rodri at the moment, um, and and I think and I think Fernandez will try, mm. uh, but I think he's just Rodri's ju- just playing on another level at, at the minute. It's almost impossible to to, to take the ball off him. Um, so yeah, th- I think that one of all the ones I'm looking for because I, th- I think it's also a critical battle uh, yes. that, that, yeah. that, that could that could define how how City control the midfield. Okay, um, George, what about you? Any kind of key battles you'll be looking out for? Yeah, I read something quite interesting the other day, and the key battle for me is is the set pieces at both ends because mm. United this season have scored the like some of the least amount of goals in the whole Premier League from set pieces, and they've conceded a hell of a lot of goals from them as well. So I'm, I'm hoping that's something that we can really capitalise on because you know, despite all the wonderful footballers we've got at the moment, with you know 
boundless amounts of technical ability. We do have a lot of big fellas as well yes, who yeah. can get in the box. You know, if we play in a Kanji, Haaland, Rodri, Diaz, they're all a threat. Stones as well. I think we really need to take advantage of that because I don't think they've got anybody who's a th- a very good at defending them. And then seemingly their only threat from set pieces, you know, corners and free kicks this season, surprisingly, has been Casemiro, who who wasn't really a, a prolific goal scorer during his time at um, Real Madrid. So I think as long as he's taken care of and you are just solid in your defensive shape from set pieces, I think, you know, we can do the business there. And then if I was to think about it from a player perspective, I guess the the battle for me is De Bruyne and then the United player assigned to man mark in the <laughs> yes. entire game. Yeah. Um, yeah. We saw it work quite effectively um, with, I think it was Fred at Old Trafford this year. And Fred had a had a great game because his only job seemingly was to follow De Bruyne around the pitch and not let him get in any space whatsoever. So I think if a similar um, task is uh, given to Fred on s- tomorrow, then I think it's really, really key for us that De Bruyne gets the better of him or we do something where we make, you know, something clever tactically, make De Bruyne drop off and then somebody else occupies his space that he would usually do to, you know, release Haaland um, with the through balls and all that kind of stuff. So those are the two things that I'm probably looking out for the most tomorrow. I... Um, De Bruyne is going to be fascinating how he's utilised, how United try and kind of um, negate him Um, and particularly where it concerns Haaland as well because in that first derby Varane had an absolute nightmare didn't he and he had to go off injured after 40 minutes and he was probably half glad of it to be honest because by then Haaland scored twice had he and one assist so I think we were falling it up already anyway but he had a nightmare, I believe, anyway, because he just went too physical with Haaland, and Haaland loves that. Uh, he got too up close and personal with him. Um, and, yeah, 6-3 tells its own story. But then at Old Trafford, it was absolutely noticeable. I saw a YouTube, kind of quite a long clip of, of, of this uh, the other day. So at Old Trafford, Varane just dropped back, you know, f- five yards, just kept away from Haaland, allowed Haaland to actually receive a ball, with a back goal, back to goal, but in quite deeper areas. He's like, okay, you can have a ball there. Then I'll come in and, and engage with you. Um, I won't engage with you throughout. So that's going to be fascinating to see. You know, it, it clearly worked for Varane in, in that instance. So that's the approach he'll probably take again tomorrow, you'd think. Um, so that would put Haaland in deeper areas with the ball at his feet. You're looking at runners then, maybe. Um, and, you know, look at when we played Arsenal with with Haaland and how he kind of assisted De Bruyne. It, it could repeat itself. But anyway, um, I'll put on the agenda about any City players we're concerned about. Let's face it, we're not really concerned about any City players right now. Let's look at the flip side of it. Uh, Chris, who for you really kind of brings it to the big games? Um. So I think working from the back, I, 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 um, I think, well, I mean, if you look at this season in particular with those key big games, Walker's done that, Stones has done that, Diaz has. De Bruyne always figures in the big games. Um, and I think that I think that Bernardo figures in the big games as well because he does exactly what... Is required. There, there is an there is a, a mentality which is coursing through that team, where 
as we get closer towards the end of the season. I think this is why we're so good with these with these season run-ins because our mentality is such as that every game in the last two months of the season is a big game and every player in that squad can can manage and handle the significance and 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 the and the kind of weight of 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 the pressure of that. But I I always yeah I think I think Kev always shows in those big games. Bernardo always does. Um, and and as I say, more recently defensively, Stones has started to really show in the big games. Diaz always does, and Walker do, does as well. So, but I would say I'd say in terms of the capacity to be able to manage a big game uh, pressure and have that mentality. It's now in the DNA of that entire squad. And, and, mm. and, and that's such the big difference in this team now. If you, if you look at the reason why we lost the derby at Old Trafford, um, it, it was, yeah, I, I agree. Harland was pretty well marshaled by Varane, I thought, and Fred was trying to play. Um, uh, Fred was trying to play De Bruyne out of the game. But essentially, when Grealish scored, we all thought, well, this game is over. We, we, we've won it now. They've been playing to stop us from scoring, and now we've scored. So, 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 that, so their strategy has been foiled. But we, we lost the game for two reasons. One, we had a goal given uh, against us, which should not have been given. Mm. And our outrage about that, I think, really affected our concentration. And they then scored uh, the, the second goal quite quickly after that as well. Um, and so, 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 so that was. It was more to do about emotion on the pitch than it was actually about technical c- control of, of the game. I don't see that happening. Um, uh, again, be- because so many of those players are big, are, are big game players now. Because every game we've been playing in the last two months has been a big game. Yeah. Um, George coming at it from a completely different angle, but obviously there's going to be thousands of Blues heading down to London tomorrow, um, and thousands of United fans kind of you know getting get the tube a few miles from there where they live. Um, <laughs> are you expecting it to? Kick off at any point? Are you expected it to kind of do nasty? It's, I mean, there's been examples in in you know previous kind of games at Wembley between City and United, obvious. Yeah, I think it probably will kick off, but probably because of the the new kickoff time of obviously three, they've brought it back a couple of hours. Everybody beyond the early starts driving down. I think if it is going to kick off big time, it probably will be after the match because you know that three o'clock kickoff say if it's done in 90 minutes everybody will be finished by five o'clock and that's a lot of the day left to either um think about uh, your the loss or the win so i think there is potential for it to kick off uh, big time especially as a lot of people will be staying over in london as well i'm guessing yeah because there's no trains so people will be staying over or probably getting coaches home as well so yeah, I, th- I think it does have potential too, but um, I think it will be afterwards. Yeah. Okay. And the last kind of negative mentioned on this pod would be this question, Chris. Do you personally have any plans for coping in defeat? By which I mean, you know, <laughs> staying off Twitter and the like. <sighs> um, it's a usual thing, isn't it? It, it? it it's if you if you lose, you you have to. You have to resist, don't you? Sort of staying away from something you know that will will just da- damage your mentality. But I think um, 
Do you know what? I haven't thought about if we lose, other than the fact that I'll that I'll okay, I'll say okay. So the treble, the treble's not on, but actually we've got the Champions League coming up. Yeah, I, I know this question's been asked, you know, on different forums and platforms about if you've got to choose between the FA Cup and the Champions League, which one would you rather take? And for me, categorically, it's the Champions League. Um, so. So, um, uh, you know, it's, it's, I'd cope. I wouldn't like it. It would, you know, it'd be a dose of really nasty medicine, but I, I I guess I've not considered it too much because I just, I I don't see it. I don't see it happening really. Um, there's just something, you know, there's something, I remember when we played Wigan in, was it 2013? And we went in there thinking, well, we, we, we should win this game because we, we're clearly the superior side. And we were undone, but there were other factors around that. It's just, th- 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 there's no certainty in football, but for example, City winning the league, there was almost a certainty about it when other factors um, came into play, like, like Arsenal's dip in form. And at the minute, go, going into, into this final, it isn't just about that we're the champions and, and, and we are a better side. It, it, it's, it's to do with the way we manage games. Um, and, and, and at the minute, I can't see, you know, I, I even if we're playing Brighton, who are, you know, a quality side, take away any any derby narrative, that I still think we would beat them um, at the moment. So so I don't anticipate us losing, but if we did, I would take it on, on the chin because we've got another game to play after that, of which we can, you know, we can iron out the... the, the the rough spots. I would probably go on to social media to see the elation and the euphoria of of United fans, but also the fact is is if is if United win tomorrow, the media narrative will be it's a victory for football. And I will just I will go on to be entertained by by the pathetic Ooh, quality of no. that stance. Well, I'd do the same, but entertain is not the word. I would just be absolutely furious, but yeah. But uh, it's going to happen. It's going to happen yeah, anyway, yeah. isn't it, Steve? Yeah. If, if we win, if we win tomorrow, win the treble, the the the, the narrative will be um, negative. I, I can't remember what the headline was, but it was in the Sun after the Community Shield in was it two thousand and twelve, where it was three two to United and we were yeah. two 0 up. Um, and I remember the headline was something like, you know, good guys of football win. Uh, against the villains or something. I mean, this has been going on for a, a decade now, but it mm. never fails to just get under my skin. I, I can't even articulate how angry that makes me. Uh, but you're right, it's inevitable. Uh, that would be the case. Should we win, though, um, George, what psychological bearing would it have on a Champions League final? Um, the players will know a treble's on the line, or will they be looking at this as two very different games? I think it'll be too two very different games because of I think as as a fan base for this game you know there's such a sense of occasion and there's so much on the line our biggest rivals in a cup final but I think the regardless of what happens win or lose I think because of you know the amount of European and South American players we have on the side who've grown up idolising the Champions League as, as the competition they all want to take part in yeah. and the competition they all want to win I think once once tomorrow's done and they regroup, I think they will have a laser focus. I don't think the the match will weigh as heavily on them in defeat or will lift them up too much in victory as it will do to us. Because either way, it's going to have a big bearing on how the next week goes and how 
we as a fan base approach the Champions League final. But I like to think so many of them are hungry for the Champions League and Pep himself, you know, to prove that he he can do it without Messi and all the all the narratives that have been spun. Mm. I think we will have a razor focus for the Champions League and um it could be a few of our big players, you know, last game, you know, if if we're to believe, you know, the the likes of Gundo and Bernardo could be off. So two of our key big you know, two of our biggest players from the last five years. So I think Regardless of what happens, I like to think they'll be razor focused. I think obviously there'll be there'll be some upset in the camp from maybe either the likes of Foden losing to United and or or winning it'll it'll bring him up as well. But mm, that's, good point. That, that's where I'm standing at the moment. I just I think this group of players can can pick up and drop stuff when needed, and I think it'll be as soon as that match finishes on Saturday, they'll maybe have a day off and then it'll be all eyes on Istanbul. Yeah. Okay. Um, go where I see, just to say, where I would struggle <laughs> is if we were playing United in the Champions League final. Oh Christ! Don't even say that. <laughs> <laughs> because yeah. that would be a whole different thing altogether. You know. What, what, what's it, odd though is it's. I mean, in terms of the meaning of this game, it doesn't get any bigger than you know City United in FA Cup final. But if you look at a Champions League final, I would probably rather it was United than Liverpool. Because I don't know, but just when it comes to that particular tournament, I mean, their fans are unbearable at the best of times or the worst of times. But when it comes to that particular tournament, oh, they are on another level, aren't they? And and that would be really hard if it was City Liverpool in the Champions but, League but, final. But if, for example, we'd beaten Brighton in the FA Cup and we'd done the domestic double, then we're on for the treble. United are in our way yeah, in the yeah, Champions League yeah. That that's where I would have to rethink my thought process <laughs> around that. Um, I'll stay with you, Chris. What? How do you think the game will play out, and what's your score prediction? Well, I think so. I, I, I what I think might happen is is that is that United might try to terrorise in the first 10 or 15 minutes and try and mug us early on until the inevitable um, City levelling the game and getting the ball and not and not giving it back. Um, uh, and if we can avoid conceding a goal in that first 10 or 15 minutes, then I would see the game playing out as it normally plays out with, with City, is that we dominate the ball and we, uh, and we manage m- m- most counter-attacks. The, the the flip of that is is if Ten Hag chooses to be slightly more passive, hmm. and 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 his his only strategy is counter. So he sits back and he allows us to come on and and move everyone into their half. So there's a huge amount of grass for them to counter attack on. Um, but but I think that I, I think it will be feisty either way. Um, and the score prediction is I, I think it's possible United will score. But I'm gonna go for um, see the pragmatist in me says go for two one, but I'm gonna go for three one. A late goal, <laughs> possibly. Yeah, yeah late third. Uh, yeah, because yeah. that's exactly where my thinking was: two one with the possibility of three one with a, a late, you know, kind of decide if you like. Um, George, how do you think the game will play out, and what's your score prediction? I think the first half will be pretty compact. Um, very tight, very cagey. I don't think either team will give much away. I think it's what the second half where we'll start to see the game 
probably get a bit stretched on that pitch. So I think it's going to be one all after 90 minutes and then City win City winner in extra time to make it 2-1. That's 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 what I've uh, when I think about the game that's that's what I'm I'm seeing at the moment. I would rather it be wrapped up in 90 but I think it's going to be pretty cagey and I think we'll only start to see the kind of the counters and the end to ends as, as the 90 minutes draws to a close probably and then into extra time but yeah, two two one City winner extra time. Jack Grealish with, yeah, with the winner. Well, what, I, but but George, what's that based on? Because <laughs> seriously, be, because because I what game this season has like echoed that particular narrative where it's been cagey and I don't well, I don't. Well, it's an I, FA I can't, final though, Chris. I mean, it it is a, a fixture of itself. Yeah, but 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 you but then you can say that about any fixture. No, 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 no. It's yeah, it's a it's a completely separate game to to all the others. I would Why say. would City go cagey this season against I, I, anybody? I don't believe he will. But the fixture itself can impact upon a team's kind of you know productivity and and how they play. It's, we've seen it time and time again. I mean, you know, we can go back to the days of Liverpool losing to Wimbledon and and allowing themselves to be sucked right. into you know what, it, it's it's everything. What, what, okay, every game becomes bigger as the season moves on. Mm. But but the biggest game we've played this season was Madrid at home in the second leg against the the the, the reigning ch- European champions against what the four, 13, 14 time winners. Okay, and again, and and against a team that that we drew one all with in in in, in 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 their home leg. If any if any game demanded that we probably need to be cagey and be careful, it was that game, and we did the absolute opposite of that. So the one thing, the one, the one, you know, adjective I would not apply to City this season at any point is cagey. And that's why I can't, I can't, I can't see us doing that because obviously we're wary of the counter attack, but we're aware of the counter attack with any team because that's usually how they score. Like Crystal Palace, always wear the counter attack against them. But I just, I, I can't, I can't see. I know we're saying it's FA Cup final, anything can happen, but, but I just, I just, maybe I'm, I might regret this, but I don't, I just don't see anything can happen applying to City. In the yeah. second half of this season, I just don't see it, and, and and that's why there's been such an avalanche of 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 hysteria from other fans in the media about are we ruining football because there's there is an awful if you're not a City fan there's an awful inevitability about the way we're playing at the moment, and that's why I can't see a cagey final where we respect we respect United's threat, but the way we respect it is that we turn up what we do. And we ensure that we don't need to play cage. We play to our strength. So I just, I mean, if it goes to extra time, that I'd have a real problem with that because we, you kind of almost you're unknown territory for City. Yeah, there. yeah. yeah we don't, do, we don't do extra time. Yeah, yeah. yeah well, I think, I mean, no I, one does. It's horrible for everyone. Yeah, I think by cages, I mean kind of like we will have our rhythm, we'll have the ball, but I don't think they'll they'll let us create the chances in the sense I don't think they're going to push on to the front foot as much so in those moments this season I think you know when we've gone 1-0 up in a few games and it's it gets a bit tight as the game goes on and Pep doesn't make any subs because he doesn't want to change the rhythm and all that kind of stuff I mm. see 
maybe something like that happening because of the mm. occasion, the atmosphere. I understand that's probably, that. And the that's weather probably, maybe as well. If it is hot, it will play a factor. That's probably where I, I see that coming from. I, I think we will dominate the ball. I can't see them having like dictating the rhythm in any way. I think their threat will grow as as the game does if they're still in, in the contest. So that's probably where I was coming from with... No, and I wasn't dismissing out of hand. It, it was just not something that I could possibly conceptualise, really. And also, I think I think I was more concerned about the thought of going into extra time. <laughs> than, than, <laughs> oh, like, God. I, I, I'm, not, I'm not... Yeah, I'm, I'm not interested in that. When, when, George, when George said 1-1 one, one is his prediction and then 2-1 in extra time, I just pictured myself in extra time and, oh, my God. Crisis. Well, the the, the 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 whole thing is 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 you've seen it when you go into extra time, teams' demeanors change, yeah, yeah, and and they, and they stop taking risks, and then, and then you get into that last ten minutes of the second half of extra time, and basically it stops becoming a competitive game, and it's it's basically about how how few errors a team can make, and so yeah, it, it's 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 but, but inevitably you're going to get set pieces in those thirty minutes, and then. Every set piece, every free kick, every corner is just heart stopping. And I, I will say as well that um, subs, you know, always play a big part in FA Cup finals. And so there we are talking about the lineups earlier, but very possibly it could be someone from the bench who becomes a hero. Um, okay, Chris, before we kind of reminisce on uh, Cup finals of the past, uh, Paul Tierney is the referee this Saturday. Mm-hmm. Your views on, on him? Um, so, I, I mean, if I'm honest, I'm saying this in the light of what, of footage that emerged, um, last night of, uh, Anthony Taylor's, um, physical and verbal harassment in the and, airport. And his family as well. And his family as well. And so in the light of that, I, 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 I'm, I'm encouraged not to criticize any referee yeah. T- yeah. T- t- today. I, I think Turney is okay. Um, I would, I'd rather have, probably rather have Michael Oliver, um, but, but, because uh, I just think, I just think he's, he's more consistent. I think he's better. I think Tierney's okay, but in, in, in the light of what's happened over the last two ga- two days with the game of Roma uh, and Sevilla, and, and then, and then what's happened after it as well, I, I, I'm just, I'm just not in a place to criticise any referee at all. It'll be what it'll be. Uh, what I hope is City make make sure that the referee's presence on the pitch is irrelevant. So we were going to discuss the actual um, decision making of, of Taylor and the game itself, a Roma game, but we won't. The time is kind of pushing on so what i really want to talk to you about is the action to Mourinho. yeah um as a referee yourself how would you feel towards him so i i have a long-standing problem with Mourinho in terms of what he's brought to football and what he's taken from football um and i think it's entirely predictable that he would try and manage the the, uh, the game as he did in that final which was appalling i mean in many ways unprecedented i've, I've never seen a Mourinho side the whole players the bench and all the on all the coaching staff to be so vi- overzealous in their constant harassing and it was what it is it, it was it was verbal harassment uh, not not just of the fourth official who who was uh, who was Oliver, but also uh, also the, the officials on the on the side and uh, uh, the, the assistant referees and 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 Taylor on the pitch as well. Anthony Taylor and I've not always thought he's been that good. I thought was impeccable 
in that game on Wednesday. Um, not just his, not just his decision making, but the way he managed those players. Um, and and he made one error, which was in the shout for for the penalty, and then VAR worked perfectly, and it was shown that that it actually it probably wasn't hundred percent the penalty. If you look at his positioning at that point, his positioning was good, um, but again, it was a problem that the player created that the referee ha, 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 um, had to solve. After the game, Mourinho comes out. Uh, and rather than accepting that 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 he was beaten, and when it goes to penalties, it becomes a a, a lottery. He he um, laid all he laid all the blame uh, Anthony Taylor, going as far as suggesting that he was biased, going as far as suggesting to quote he played like he was Spanish, which is borderline xenophobia. Um, and in all the media coverage, there's nowhere near the level of of criticism. That that he yeah, should have received for that, absolutely. And and what his what his 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 behaviour, what his words did, was then just condone and 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 kind of indirectly encourage fans of Roma to do what they did by her, by physically and verbally harassing Taylor um, uh, and his family when they were going through, when they were leaving the the, the airport. Mm. And and I'll say what I've always said. That there is a culture in football in which the rep, the officials occupy the bottom rung in the strata ladder of respect and status, um, and and it's been there for decades, and it's been enhanced and encouraged by players, by managers, by fans, and by the media. Uh, as well we are all collectively responsible for this kind of thing happening because of the way that that it's viewed that we can criticize officials and also the way that that managers like Mourinho is is not you know he'll get a fine but he should be removed from football for an extended period because his actions and his words have had a direct effect and it just when I saw that video last night I, I was, I, I, if I'm honest, I was livid be, because I just thought, what's it going to take before we all take collective responsibility? Yeah, yes. Is it going to take a Roma fan attacking Taylor to the point at which he's hospitalized or worse? What's it going to take? But the problem is a culture has allowed it to that to happen, but it's also to the extent to which it's, it's taken seriously. At which point do we say actually this really needs to change now, um, and, and it, yeah, so it deeply troubled me, um, and, and I and I and I and I think it's massively problematic, um, and I just think Mourinho, you know, forgive forgive my language, but he can fuck off. I, I think the man is toxic. And he's and he's, he no longer gives anything to football, and all yeah. he gives is that narrative. I'm not interested in him because he risked the safety and the welfare and the mental health and emotional welfare of people who are just doing their job. I'm sick of the man, and I'm sick of that culture of which he he represents. And we should all know better. Absolutely well said. And when I contrast your words to the social media post put up by Talksport yesterday, which was, "Should we have Mourinho back in the Premier League?" You know, the insinuation being that he's box office. Um, yeah, nothing could be clearer. Talksport, stop lowering the bar. Um, okay, let's end on a bit of nostalgia. Uh, and well said, Decorous. Completely Thanks. agree with every word. Um, George, your first FA Cup final memory. What was the first final you can remember? 
The first uh, final I can remember are the Millennium Stadium days, really. So, you know, City have this this great history at, um, at Wembley and we've had all, so many great trips over the years. But when I was young, I always associated the FA Cup final <laughs> yeah, with, with yeah. Cardiff, with the Millennium Stadium. It was those... Uh, I'm it just was looking now, was, it, was, it was six... It was way more than I thought it was. It was six finals in the Millennium Stadium. Yeah, it's... Um, you forget how long, um, you know... Wembley wasn't in use for yeah and um yeah so the first ones for me are the um kind of is the 0102 Arsenal beating Chelsea to to get to do the double mm. and then obviously the following season they won it again so I obviously from an early age I thought oh well, Arsenal seem to win this every year <laughs> um because those are the first ones I remember great sides obviously those Arsenal ones and the whole I remember you know even then I think there was more of an occasion maybe about it and the it, the whole day on the telly was built around the cup final yes. and, you know, watching it with even a lot of my family gathering to watch it, even if we didn't have a dog in the fight, you know, you know, in the Arsenal Chelsea one, we're not, it didn't really matter who won. We just wanted to see a great game hmm. and um, see great players. And uh, so those, those are what I associate um, with, with the FA Cup really it's the Millennium Stadium those are the earliest memories no City appearances during that period obviously no well I've got the list in front of me now and yeah we are very very much absent <laughs> <laughs> so if they were your earliest memories what's, what's a non-City kind of favourite final for you one you really enjoyed the most I do, I do hate to say it um, it's going to because it's going to be some kind of praise to uh, to Liverpool but one I enjoyed as a neutral was that three all against West Ham with it, it the Gerard a, Screamer. Yeah, yeah. It, it was a, a just the just the match. Thinking at one point I was thinking West Ham are going to do it, and I thought that was going to be amazing. And then Gerard obviously pulls it out of nowhere, and then they go on to win it on extra time and penalties. It's just like it was such an occasion, such drama. It always sticks out in my mind as as the best final I saw when I was when I was growing up. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, we were talking about extra time earlier and, and the unknowns in extra time. I mean, that just epitomised it, didn't it? And, and the fact that, you know, Gerard took that shot purely because he was cramping up and he had nothing left to give, which was pretty yeah. much the same for every player on that pitch. I mean, all of them were dead, weren't they? Um, yeah. So, yeah, was, um, don't want to go to extra it, time. I, I associate a lot of early FA Cup memories with West Ham, to be honest, because probably my, one of my biggest heartaches growing up mm. is when is when we lost to West Ham in the quarter final with that Dean Ashton double yes. at, at the Etihad and I thought I remember coming out of that match with my dad I thought that's it we're never getting to an FA Cup <laughs> semi-final ever that was our chance and you know the, West Ham didn't have a particularly great side at the time and we got I think a late consolation from Moussampro or something in the match but I thought that's it we're, we're never getting there we're never getting to Wembley we're never going to get to a, the Millennium Stadium at that point we're never getting to a final and then look how wrong I was <laughs> that's the thing I, I remember a good period, chunk of my life where the end game was to get a semi-final that was, that would have been enough yeah. for me you know it's that kind of iconic kind of um, semi in 81 it, it's I just wanted to replicate that. And yeah, it's weird to think we have so many finals these days. I mean, it's bizarre to think we've got an FA Cup final followed by a Champions League final. Um, Chris, what's your earliest FA Cup final memory and your favourite non-City final? God, uh, I'm going to show my age here. But the one, I mean, the one I remember the most earliest was a City one against Tottenham in 81. 
Yeah. Um, and, That's the same and, with and me, that, yeah, yeah. yeah, and that was the one where I really became a city. I, I was always sort of a city fan, but that's the one that I really kind of it cemented my my um, kind of following of, of the team. And, so, and, and sorry I, to interrupt, Chris. Though, but a year earlier, West Ham beat Arsenal one 0 and I can't remember a bloody thing about that. No. Is that the same year? Uh, yeah, I, I I mean I remember some stuff in the late seventies. I, I I remember. God, I think I remember. I remember. I remember seeing. I think United lose playing in a white kit. There was just vague, vague memories. I can't remember, but that was the one because it also it went to a replay as well. That was the one I really, I really recall. Yeah. Um. Uh. But I think that um, the one. This is an interesting one. The one that I really kind of recall that, that I, I enjoyed was. I mean, it's still going far back, but it was '89, and it was a derby. It was Liverpool against Everton. Mm. And it was post Hillsborough as well, yeah. and it was uh, yeah, and it went to extra time, and it was three two to Liverpool in the end. I think um, I remember that being a really um, like kind of lively, exciting game, and, and was a genuine derby as well. I was a student then; I was studying in Leicester. I remember coming back for and, and watching it. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's been plenty since that have, have sort of followed on. But I guess I guess the reason is is my my the significance of the FA Cup has reduced for me over over the last 10 12 years and I, and and the ones i remember are the ones where the FA Cup had a had a much greater significance and and was a much more of a communal event for every everybody involved in football i feel it's a lot less like that now well i mean for about 10 years it was basically arsenal chelsea arsenal chelsea wasn't it yeah. and and so um you know in in the kind of um, 2010 so it lost its luster there, but it's that luster is well and truly back, of course. Now, um, gentlemen, we have covered a lot of ground today, and thank you so much for for joining me at this early hour. Thank you, George. Thank you, thank you, thanks, Chris. Pleasure as always, and I just hope my rant about the refereeing is taken in good faith. It's just uh, it's 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 it's, it's a, just a significant thing for me, understandably, because because I'm a referee. There's no other way to take it other than good faith. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, it's a pleasure as always. Um, that's a wrap for today, folks. Thank you very much for listening in. Um, we're off to Hope Forlornly, but Saturday's coverage begins at half ten in the morning and features interviews with players as they walk through the hotel grounds before a helicopter shot tracks the coach as it snakes its way to the stadium. Telly was just better back in the day. In the meantime, take care of yourselves, everyone. Be well and forever up the history-defining blues. <laughs>